sumo They say I talk like a chulo I live in Mars, I'm not Bruno Bitch, I'm a duck, call me Cujo You play your cards, I reverse on you all And I might just drop all like a Uno Calles de Boca, my home, they call it Obuto And all of you culo Step the bed to level up in the ghetto The ghetto looking for something I probably can never find now I'm shaking real up until the beat die down The truth nigga just really want me tied down I've been alone and I never needed nobody Just only me and my shotty, I tell these niggas to lie down Keep all the money, I never wanted a lifestyle I just pray to God I'm a son of y'all right now Said ain't no love for the other side Or anyone who ever wants smoke When I die, I'm going out as an underdog who never lost hope You in the wrong cab, down the wrong path Nigga, wrong way, wrong road Snakes in the grass, trying to slither fast I just bought a fucking lawnmower I things in my day I admit it, this is payback in a way What's good with it, everybody? We back again for another episode Back like we never left The Pick and Roll Podcast It's your boy Ish Alongside my main man Sam We also got a special guest in the building Special guest today is Sauce Y'all probably know him from Sauce Straight Talk. If you don't, make sure y'all get hit. It's another podcast. You can find him on Anchor. You can find him on a lot of different outlets. But first and foremost, I'll go ahead and get a floor to the guy. Sam, what's good? What up, world? Sauce, what's good? How we living? Yeah, man. We got some topics to get into. Uh, As y'all know, opening weekend of college football. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I feel like that's the best place to start it out. I know some of these topics, well, one in particular, probably ain't going to be too high on Sauce's list. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh. Hey, won't start, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. <laughs> we'll start somewhere different. We'll start somewhere where he might feel more comfortable. We'll start with the game from uh, Monday. I know y'all caught it, fellas. Florida State v. Tech. That was a little, uh, a little different than I expected, that's for sure. Um,. I guess I just want to start it off by saying, is Florida State in trouble this year? Sam, we'll go ahead and start with you. What you think? Now, I'm going to tell you flat out. I know y'all Florida State fans ain't going to like this. But uh, if y'all's offensive line going to look like it looked on Monday, it's going to be a long year. <laughs> Super long year. That offensive line looked horrible. Yeah, they, they struggled. They struggled a lot. Big time. Sauce, what was your take on the game? You think Florida State's in trouble? Look here. Um, I'm going to first off and say, that Miami lost, and that's my team. So, of course, when Florida State loses, as a part of me is going to be happy. But the, the, the analyst in me is looking at Willie Taggart and saying, what happened at Oregon, there were at least points scored, so why couldn't that translate to this game against Virginia Tech? I just think Virginia Tech had a little bit more experience and ready to go. Looked like they, you know, their special teams was awake. Josh Jackson outplayed Francois. Yeah, Florida State's in trouble. Yeah, see, that's the big thing. I'm glad y'all both touched on it. They couldn't find the end zone at all. And Sam alluded to it a little bit, talking about the offensive line. It's been that's been the issue since Francois has been in the lineup. What was you? What was it that you told me, Sam? He got hit how many times last year? Yeah, they was talking about it during the game. They said he got hit over 200 times last year, and he was sacked only 30. So that means on the majority of his throws, he getting put on his ass. That's a fact. Even the ones that are being actually completed, he's getting smacked up. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. For those who didn't catch the game, final score was 24-3 to uh, by the way of Virginia Tech. And they just looked so much better than Florida State last night in every aspect of the game. Whether it be – I feel like last night was a uh, – it was definitely a – Virginia Tech game. They had a lot of Beamer ball last night. Bro, what is it about the, the, the special team from Virginia I, Tech? It's something about Frank Beamer that he just left behind, I assume, because that was something that he was always really big on. 
And it doesn't look to me like they've taken any steps back with him being gone. I don't know if this new coach is emphasizing that just as much as Beamer was, but it doesn't look like they've taken a step back at all. I guess from my standpoint, I'll say Florida State's in trouble too. I personally would have liked to see them line it up, give the ball to Cam Akers more. Uh, Patrick touched the ball a little bit last night, but I like I would like to see Cam Akers be that guy. We saw him break that long run. They still didn't even get in the end zone on that that drive. That that was sickening to me. Did y'all boys catch that drive? Yeah, I thought the game was actually going to become it was what seventeen to three after when yeah. they made that run. I'm like, okay, they about to get in, make this a game. But again, that offensive line failed them in the red zone, and yeah. then the kicker misses a field goal. Yeah, that was just that was flat out devastating. That I feel like that particular fact, drive. No, they didn't miss a field goal. That drive, they turned it over. Yeah, they turned they? it over. Yeah, I, I, I seriously think that whenever they look at the film, Tiger may regret passing the ball 35 times. Fact. I mean, when you look at Patrick, man had five yards per carry. He only had seven carries. I wish Homer would have had that average, and maybe Mark Wright would have gave him the ball more. So when you look at a backup running back getting that, and you're looking at Akers getting five yards of carry, I mean, he could have went for a little bit more, but you kind of could have evenly did it. Maybe could have stapled the run a little bit more, no matter what. You know, saying how the game was going because for a long time it was three seventeen. Yeah, you could have just made some things happen. But after eighty five yard run, you got to get it, get in the end zone, man. You have to. to. That to me seemed like more of a coach panicking than anything. If you have running backs that are getting five yards per carry, but you throw the ball thirty five times, to me that sounds like oh, I'm panicking. We're down, so we got to try to find a way into the end zone quick. And I don't think that was the case. I think that they definitely should have stuck with the run. Just like you're saying, you're getting five yards of carry from both your backs. Why are you not feeding those guys? Nick they only scored it. 24 points. Virginia Tech did. So they weren't, like, running a score up on y'all. Right. It may have felt that way, but that's definitely not – that wasn't the case at all. And I would have – I mean, that's – I feel like that's Florida State's problem. Yeah, they passed the ball too much for them to have an offensive line that's that bad. Especially when you get three interceptions after the second one. I mean, something should have happened. And the game's not out of reach to where you can't say, hey, we got to put away the run. Agreed. I mean, the, the, the score never did get out of hand to where it was like, we got to pass until it was, you know, 3 to 24, where you got to sit there and make some things happen. And I feel like that's where you got to tip your hat to the Florida <clears throat> State defense a little bit, though, because they did do everything in their power to keep the game within striking distance. Agreed. But the offense just. They couldn't get it done. They couldn't They couldn't even put three more points on the board, man. They made one field goal all night. That's another great point that Florida State's defense did keep that game close, but as bad as their offense was, it allowed Virginia Tech's defense to overshadow their defense, which Virginia Tech may not have been the better defense in this game. Florida State just turned the ball over more, yeah. and it just made, made Virginia Tech's defense look that much better than me. And it that's just horrible, but... That's enough on this game. Is there anything else you fellas want to add before we move on? Um, Michigan and Florida State should practice together. <laughs> well, let's jump into to your favorite topic of the day, Sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hurricanes. They didn't really look like the number eight team in the nation at all. And the question I basically want to ask you guys is, is LSU that good? Or is Miami that bad? Which one is it? Sauce, we'll open it up with you since this is your squad and all. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it was like this. Um, both Miami and LSU uh, showed that they can be, you know, talented teams. Defensively, 
especially on the LSU side. <coughs> Offensive line-wise, both was good. LSU showed with Joe Burrow that they got a quarterback who could make things happen at the line of scrimmage that other quarterbacks couldn't. Now, he might not have had the best game getting the receivers <coughs> and things of that nature. A couple guys dropped the ball, too. That, too. Yeah. But it, it was some things where I saw some inconsistencies in him, but he, like I said, he managed the game correctly. Nick Brosette was a game buster, 22 carries, 125 yards, two touchdowns. I think Miami is a top-10 team wholeheartedly. They're a top-10 team. Is but, that but, but but my answer to your question is is that, yes, I believe that they are a top-10 team. And, yes, I believe that LSU is going to be something to mess with. you just catching it on the week one where some teams, certain teams, you know, you're going to have a bad one. But Miami is going to be okay as the season goes on. Now, LSU, they're going to be playing in the – and I'm talking about right here in the trenches of the world. Now they got expectations to win their SEC – to, to sit there and do all this stuff because they show defense, Joe Burrow, everybody's high on that. Now they got high expectations. I think they shouldn't get the big hit, kind of like when I said about Notre Dame on my post on Facebook. You can go check it out. But I, I, I look at that first week game as like week six, week seven. Both teams going to get. Both teams going to be all right. I, like, I, I don't think. I don't think Miami has, has fell off the wagon. I like your take on that. I like your yeah. take on that a lot, Sam. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I don't. I think that both of these teams are going to end up being pretty good teams. Um, I think Miami has a better chance of still being around at the end, as far as the Final Four goes, just because how tough, how tough of a row LSU is going to have to get to the Final Four. Their schedule is going to be brutal in the SEC. That SEC is shaping up to be maybe the toughest we've seen it be since 2010. Yeah, I just I I agree with that as well. Um, I guess my take on that particular situation is I think it's a little combination of both as well. I think that LSU is a little better than people were giving them credit for. And Miami may not be as good as we were expecting them to be, at least right now. I feel like Miami may get there, but they've got some major issues that are going on with that offense. I don't think that they have – they don't have a vision as to where they want that offense to be. They don't have a true identity for that offense just yet. Well, keynote to one thing is that Cozy Perry was suspended for the season opener, and I kept mentioning that during the game that – that that guy could come in and make a difference, but he wasn't in uniform. And, you know, we got Cade Wilson, who is not ready at all. And I think if so happens that if Nicozy Perry was not suspended for this season opener, he would have got in there and some things would have shook. He's a tall, uh, taller quarterback that can see the field a little bit better, and I think he will actually stand in the pocket longer to make the throw. He is athletic and move, but he will make the right – the better throws. Uh, Edwards would have got into the game. Yeah, I, that's something that a lot of Miami fans have talked about over the last two years. Last year, I heard a lot about Perry, and I heard a lot of them saying, we may make a quarterback change. We may have to go to Perry now. Yep. And <clears throat> with him getting in trouble early in this season, yep, I don't think that bodes well. Because no. this, this is a guy that you're looking to possibly turn your offense to if Rozier doesn't seem to be 
Rozier. that guy, or excuse me, Rozier, <laughs> as the analysts were calling him all night. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're getting that wrong or if they are, but I'm assuming since everybody was doing it, I guess it is Rozier. Yeah, I've heard he made a change. I heard he made the change actually. Yeah, okay. He, yeah, he said he wants to be called. That's Rozier. why I said they need to bring Rozier back. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fact, and I just feel like with a guy like Perry, if you have any type of opportunity to become that guy, to become the quarterback at Miami. This is not how you want to start your season. You don't start your season being suspended. Because last night, for instance, last night's a game where it's the season opener. Our offense can't get going. If we have the luxury of turning it over to a guy like Perry, who knows what the outcome may have been. Me and Sauce was waiting on the quarterback change. We watched the game together. We and was like, see, and that's, time. that's the thing. I don't think that they have enough confidence in the third string in order to turn it over to him. And I agree with that. I feel like if Perry was there, if he yeah, wasn't suspended – they would have turned. They would have had no hesitation. Turned the offense over to him. It would have gave Miami an intermediate pass. Uh, exactly, and that's the biggest thing to me was Rozier didn't. He was never comfortable back there, and I don't know if it was because in his mind he was feeling like I'm not going to have enough time. So every time I drop back to throw the ball, I'm going to take off running. If I don't see my first option open, it looked a lot like that to me. He didn't look through his reads yeah. at all, and that to me has a lot to do with where he's at mentally as a quarterback. That's not the type of guy that you need to run your offense. His playbook is very light. It's light. His playbook is light. And I, like I told Sam while we was watching the game, and I said it before the commentator, it was like, you know, Rozier's playbook is screens and throw deep. Because yes. you're going to take off and run when we ask you to pass a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, that's what you got with, you know, somebody else, and I'm going to say it, Cozy Perry, because I've seen that man play, is that he's actually got some more smarts, and I think his, it, you can make a playbook a little heavier with him. Now, his his mental, or whatever it was that the, the violating the team rules, because, you know, that type of stuff, they keep it in-house. Um, a lot of universities. Um, I'm glad that we do. Every university. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some stuff sneak out. You know, you never know. But but I just I just think with Nkozi Perry, if we roll with him, it would be a difference. And we would run the ball a lot better. I mean, we couldn't get nothing really going because Rozier was trying to get rushing yards. I think what this boils down to is that Perry is a better quarterback and Rozier must be the better leader. Because yeah. obviously you're seeing what's going on yeah. with Perry off the field. And I feel like as a head coach, they're probably feeling like this is not the guy that I want to lead my team. Absolutely. If he can't control himself, he's not going to be able to keep this team in control. And that's something that he's going to have to change. He's going to have to get that under control because it's a shame that somebody that talented is not even able to touch the field because of what he does off the field. But uh, I feel like we also need to touch on LSU a bit. As you said, Joe Burrow looked good. He's definitely got growth. This is a guy I'm definitely high on since he's a former Buckeye. I've been screaming Joe Burrow since before the game even started. But like Sauce said, there were a few things that we saw that he's definitely going to need to work on. Like Sam said, there were a few guys that dropped passes as well. So it's going to have to come down to them being able to gel well. And like like Sam said, he sees Miami being that team that may be a little closer to where they want to be at the end of the season as opposed to LSU. I have LSU playing more of a spoiler role in the SEC. Yeah, I think they're going to take a couple lumps to some teams that they shouldn't lose to, which is going to put them in a position to where they're going to be like, okay, well, we know we can't win the conference now, but we can at least spoil somebody's season. And I've, I've gone on record saying I don't have Alabama in my Final Four for reasons like this. Mm-hmm. I feel like LSU was going to be that team to where – 
Alabama's going to be riding so high that they're going to come up against an LSU team that's extremely hungry for just showing people that we're not as bad as we're looking. I have either LSU or Mississippi State being the two teams or one or two teams to knock off Alabama. That being that being said, LSU LSU has a lot to look forward to in the future, but I don't think this is the year that they take that step that everybody's really looking for them to take. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing about LSU, okay? They got two players on their team that's on the defensive side, and one of them is named Greedy. And if you get named called Greedy and you're on defense, <laughs> that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. Then you got somebody named Devin White. That guy is my – I mean, other than Deion Jones, who did play at LSU – <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, said who did get the chance. I mean, they played at, uh, excuse me, played at uh, Alabama, but from Louisiana. That man is a, what you call a freak of nature fast. And then now you got Devin White, who is just like him. That is a freak of nature. He played running back in high school. The man can sit there and run you down. I mean, he made so many plays in that Miami game. I just kept on seeing Devin White. Devin White, Devin White. Yeah, Devin that, White, that Devin secondary White. and their defense is definitely nothing to play with. That was shown all yes. night. But, Sam, as we were talking about Alabama and uh, LSU being that team to knock Bama off, you shook your head like definitely not. We're going to get into that. Okay, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Bama here in a second. But, but now, what I want to say about LSU is that – the, the thing that's good for them is this is going to be a LSU team that's got an added dynamic now that they can actually throw the football. Yes. They can they, they were very balanced against Miami. You didn't know if they were running or if they were throwing the football. They didn't get into very many third and longs because they were running the football well. And then on the third and longs they did get into, Joe, Joe Burrow was stepping up and making the throws that needed to be made. We don't usually see that from LSU football teams. We already know they're going to have the defense. They always do. They're going to have two, three guys go in the first, second round of the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. We already know that. They're going to have a couple receivers. They're going to have a running back. Brissett, all night, that's all I kept saying was, he tough. I, don't, I, I, don't, I never heard of him. I never knew who this guy was, but he runs that rock. Yeah, he, he's special. Was I the only one that caught the uh, Leonard Fournette's little brother plays for them? Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, he's, uh, I want to say, second-string running back, third-string running back. He got, uh, I believe, a touch or two last night. Uh, definitely saw him on the field. Maybe he didn't touch the ball, but I know he definitely was out there for either passing purposes or uh, pass blocking. But, uh, yes, his uh, Leonard Fournette's little brother definitely was out there in lineup. He wears 27, just and, like and Fournette. I believe he, ch he shares the same name as Charlemagne the God, Lenard. <laughs> Lenard. Lenard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we need to get Monique in here and be like, Lenard, he, he played so well, so well, so well. God bless, young man, young man. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, but, yeah, I, I definitely caught that. But that's enough on those two guys. I, I agree with Sam and saying that Miami will be where they want to be in the future. And I also agree with Sauce, as in the game may have been a little different yesterday if Perry gets an opportunity to play instead of being suspended. But and, and I want to throw one more thing out there, and, and, and it's just it's something that's worth – it's just a stat. I just we will move on, just a stat. That in the first half, Miami were 0-6 in third downs. Somehow they end up being better at third downs than, uh, than LSU. It's just a lot of things that could cleaned up and then we're going to be better uh, later on down the season. LSU, great defense. That running back is great. Joe Burrow, I think he's going to improve, you know, with the wide receivers and everything. It's, it's going to be great to see both of those teams 
later down the season because being a spoiler in the SEC or just being back to what you were in the ACC last year, it, it would be nice. Yeah, I think both of these teams will be top 15 all year. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. At definitely. least top twenty. Which Miami has failed to twenty one. Uh, yeah, the they did. Sucks. Yeah, we, but we will be back. <laughs> we'll get into that as well. Um, for those who don't know, Joe Burrow does have two years at LSU. For those who are wondering, so he has this year and next year. So LSU's future for the next couple of years definitely looks good. Hopefully, That's we won't a cool see another football name too, Joe Burrow. <laughs> Hopefully, we won't see another quarterback debacle uh, as me and Sam talked about last episode, but. Let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the Big Ten. There were a lot of things that you could take from the Big Ten. Couple good things, a lot of bad things to take away from the Big Ten. The top two teams in the Big Ten, which were Ohio State and Wisconsin coming into the week, neither of them disappointed. But let's get into the guys that did disappoint. We had Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State, who all looked less than what we expected from them. Um, is there a prob- problem in the Big Ten, guys? Do you think that we're going to have an issue this year with uh, teams not being as good as we are expecting them to be? Sam, we'll so. start with you. I don't think so. I think this was just first game of the season. Guys just weren't as prepared as they should have been or could have been. I think that's all it is. I mean, even though Penn State had the close game, you still had your your star quarterback make some huge plays down the stretch of that game That's to come true. out with the win. Um, Michigan, um, <laughs> the bright side for them is that I don't think Shea Patterson can look much worse than he did in that game. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> so That's I was told, side. and another yeah. another thing yeah. is that McCaffrey looked pretty good yes. in that game as well. Yes. So therefore, I think they they I think they got to still even though they got beat they still should feel pretty decent about how their season can go they still they still can end up being where i have them being which will be in the final four but they got a long way to go and i mean a long way to go (laughs) yeah um everybody keep forgetting don't forget as i told y'all in the last episode Tariq black was missing that's their star wide receiver he's out but he's not going to be gone all year they're expecting him back maybe around week 10 Mm mm-hmm so if they can have if they can be playing some pretty decent football until then, I think they'll be fine. And hopefully by then they'll also have some other receivers playing at a high level. Yeah, that's and a, then okay. who else we got? Michigan State. Michigan we State touched on now, Penn State. I didn't get to catch the Michigan State game, I'm not gonna lie. So I I don't I, I put it this way. From what I'm seeing in week one and watching the big team big ten teams for what we watched. Michigan State, Friday night they played. Friday night they played. And I I just want to say that great job to Scott. Great job to uh, to the, the head coach. But uh, to, to come back and win that game is, is great. But who you was playing and to have a close game like that, skip to – you know, Maryland, who is a part of the big team, big ups to them. They beat Texas. Now, they beat Texas, who ain't been nothing. Skip to Michigan losing to Notre Dame. Skip to uh, just just Ohio State obliviating Oregon State. It's looking like Ohio State is going to run through this conference. It happens to certain conferences in the, in the, in the NCAA 
uh, SEC, you know what I'm saying, whenever uh, Alabama's going to do it or Auburn did it the year with Cam. I mean, it's just going to be that one team that may compete, but the rest of the league is going to fall. Michigan State, I don't think, is going to be as competitive as they were in, the, say, the last two years. And I think Penn State, if you're going to play a game like that, it's it's coming where last year you got blew out. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you had some games where we're like, come on, Penn State, you can't have games like that. So it's in danger to where it could be a fall off from this league into where Ohio State could have a cakewalk. Because I wanted to say this real quick, Dwayne Haskins, that man can play some football, okay? Yeah, he can. And, and for a man that, that you know, there was a, the guy on the bench, am I correct? Oh, yeah, There's, Tate Martell. Okay. That's my guy. Right. So Tate Martell is a person that people want to see him, too. He's got a lot but of pressure on him. who's the better leader on that team? For him, for him to have that amount of pressure on him, he looks stellar. Right. He looks stellar. But you touched on something that I definitely want to get into. You said that it's looking like, as of week one, that Ohio State will have a cakewalk into dominating this this conference. Do you feel that will be the case? I know it looks that way now, but do you feel that it will be a cakewalk for Ohio State? I feel it will be if, if, from what I've seen from Shea Patterson and the the kind of confusion that, you know, the hardball just had, that defense is not going to play, which that defense is great. They're not going to play. They're not going to play. If if It's just like, come on, man. We're not going to go out here and just keep getting on the field if we're going to just keep putting the ball away. I mean, you see teams with great defenses that do that. So do you say that Michigan will be the team that can Could be give the them difference. a challenge? Could be the difference. Because you lose Saquon Barkley, you look at Penn State. And Trace Mustard is a hell of a quarterback. He is. And he had to do what he had to do against Appalachian <laughs> State. State. Jesus Christ. So if he's doing that against... You know, now I've given some praise to Wisconsin, but how good are they? You know what I'm saying? How good is Horny Hornybrook? Am I saying that last yeah, name Hornybrook. right? Hornybrook. One thing, Hornybrook. How one good thing is that you got to remember, though, is the NCAA, it's not a whole bunch of times in college football that you see a team play the same every week mm-hmm. and be great every single week. Like, and you don't see teams be bad every single week either. There's no way that I can see a Shea Patterson playing the way he did at the end of the season against Ohio State. I think he's going to be – it's going to be completely different. It's, if they playing, don't make that change. Was Shea Patterson a yeah, Heisman finalist last year? Um, No, he was not a Heisman finalist, okay. but he had a, a good, very good season last year, which is what led to – He played to, in a whole new offense yeah. now, though. That's what I'm so saying. So that's what I'm saying. You got to right. give him time to build in that offense and learn right. the offense. Right. I, I think they still can get – I think they still can be a good team. And definitely, I still that feel defense, like they can beat Ohio State. That defense, no. Hell no. The I'm thing, not saying they will, no. but I think they could. I don't I see think why not. With that game, that's a, it's always a um, – That's what I'm saying. That's it's like, always the get like the team that's not the best that year, they always seem to get up for that even more. Granted, yeah. Ohio State has owned that, that matchup for the last seven years. Mm-hmm. So – I believe that the best chance that Michigan had you to be in Ohio USC State last year. I'm sorry, but no, you good. But you seen that with USC last year? Y'all's first game, y'all played Western Michigan, my right, my right. Yeah, and that was a close game. What was y'all season like? Yeah, but it's not always like that, though. It, it happens like that. And it, it always happens and when you lose players. Don't do players. that because uh, Ellis- <laughs> we still went to the Pac-12 championship last year. But the, okay, yeah. yes, that is true. Yeah, that is true. The Pac-12 championship. Th- thank though. you, thank you. Check Come it out on. on this. Thank you for Come repeating that again. On. That's we've, been to it, we've been to it two years in a row. And but that's the right. And look at so the what, though? Yeah. We won it the year before. And what has? And what has? We have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And what has come from that? Oh. 
Yeah. Nothing. That, the Big 12 I, championship these days means absolutely nothing. I agree You're with you on that. You're not playing in that game. I don't like game. the Big 12 either, but we're talking about the Pac-12. So we yeah, good. but well, I we mean, got whatever. the fire, <laughs> right, the fire but, but, I'm, but I'm saying is Because it's against Washington, though. Yeah, but. Still one of the, it's a top team. The Big Ten plays, the way the Big Ten is set up, though, is what I'm saying. The, the of course the Big, the Big Ten is better than the Pac-12. Right. I'm not saying it's. The way it's no. set up, the way it's set up. You can't be slipping. But exactly. I must say, and that, and I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that that Big Ten championship, nine times out of ten, I will definitely say within the last few years, that game has been the deciding factor as to who gets into the Final Four. Who's get? Ever since the playoff has existed, the Big Ten championship has had a role in who gets into that game. Who gets into that four? Right. But then y'all snub somebody that won the y'all snub Penn State that won the Big Ten. Right, but I said yes. I said from coming back, just like Michigan State. You know, Brian LeWork, that was the name I was trying to figure out. A young man, he played good in the fourth quarter. He came back, he did great. But I'm just saying with with Penn State, what I was saying about them, I wasn't dissing them. I wasn't snubbing them. I'm saying you lost. A lot. No, when I say snub, oh. I'm saying Ohio State. But I'm no, snub big the the they snub Penn State from that's not the that's final. not oh, true. Okay. That's not okay. true. I mean, it wasn't y'all per Penn se. State, yeah, but what, what I'm saying. saying is they won the Big Ten and didn't get in. Penn yes, State. but that's like because that so much that's weight. because Penn State beat a team that if they would have won, mm-hmm. they would have gotten into Correct. the playoff. Yeah. So Penn State played a role in that happening. Yeah. Regardless of how that game would have turned out, yeah. a Big Ten team yeah. would have been in there. Yeah. It would have either been the team that Penn State beat, which I believe was Wisconsin that year. That Wisconsin would have been in there, or if not Wisconsin, we saw the outcome, Ohio State. Regardless if we're snubbing another team, the Big Ten championship is playing a role as into who's getting into that playoff every year. We can't say the same for the Pac-12 yeah. at all. Because ACC has came matter. up. That's why I was saying, because ACC is more important than the Pac-12, too. I mean, like, no, yeah. Clemson's more important than the Pac-12. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's not man. act like it's a, it's a different team from the ACC that's doing this. That's, a topic. that's a topic for another Sam, day, guys. Sam, you just said that you had two back-to-back. You went back-to-back back 12 championships. And that conference has nobody. No, I mean, well, really. actually, the first year when we won the Pac-12 championship with Sam Darnold, we was almost into the playoffs with three yeah, losses. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do remember that. Amen. That was the year when I was trying to claw back into yeah, it, if right? We wouldn't, if we wouldn't have dropped that stupid-ass game to Utah, we definitely would have made the so final four that you don't think the West year. Coast was trying to pump up UCLA every, all these years and they never been good? Yeah, but you got that's not the case with USC, though. Let's not do that. I'm not Here, let's move on. Okay, yeah, 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 let's, right, move yeah on. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> week one in the bag. Sam, start with you. What was your biggest takeaway from week one? And you know me, I always overdo it. I got <laughs> But we already touched on one about Michigan, so I ain't gotta say that. So let's say uh Oklahoma is explosive as hell. Fact. I know they ain't play nobody, but godly. Yeah. Mm. Um mm. Sauce touched on this. Dwayne Haskins, he he's he's a pretty he's pretty good at football. Yeah. <laughs> Leader. But uh, this is why I was talking about LSU ain't beating Alabama. Uh-oh. Is because that Tua train. Tua <laughs> train is going to roll. That kid is special, guys. I'm telling yeah. you, that's your Heisman yeah. winner right there. You saw him. Nick Saban better quit playing. Right. Name him the star. Oh, he named him for this week. Yeah, and I, I mean full time. I, I think that's, I, don't wanna, I think that's what he's leading. I don't want to see no Jalen Hurts drives. No more. No more. Because that's when LSU would beat Alabama. <laughs> and we definitely saw in the game 
Tua had that offense roll. Oh, my They God. make a change, put Jalen Hurts in there. They go three and out for the first time in the entire game. I told you it was going to be scary, that, that, that Alabama offense with Tua. Bro. Sam said it last episode. points per game. He said that Tua train is going to be rolling. And I was a little skeptical. But after watching that, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that that offense is going to be special. You know who you remind me of a little bit? Who? Johnny. Ooh. He's starting to remind me of Johnny, bro. Ah. I think, you but I think, know, you I think know, he, he a better quarterback than Johnny, though. Definitely. No, he, no nah. Johnny had Johnny well, had that it factor, but well. Tua got the it factor, and he's a good quarterback. I, I don't think Tua has the it factor to the extent that Johnny Football did. Well, yeah. Okay, well, he affects the game, but he does not affect the game the way Johnny I, a Football couple, did. A couple plays, uh, but. But he playing for Bama, and plus they ain't played nobody yet, so he ain't been under no real pressure. But some of the plays he was making in that yeah, game was way on Saturday, Johnny bro, that. that play he made where he was getting hit in his legs and he <laughs> the t- the first touchdown pass he threw. Yeah, it was that ignorant. Was college football, college football can really trick you. And it can. That's what I was saying. You're not college, the same from week to college, week. College not- football can trick you. It can treat you. But it just you know when you when you throw Johnny Manziel's name in there. And he's a former Heisman winner. I don't want to disrespect the man. I'm not but, disrespecting him, but, but Tua's going to be here. But what I've seen from, what I've seen from Tua, Tagovailoa, he's already better than Johnny Manziel. And I don't want to be sitting there be no. like, hey, no, 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 whoa, 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 let me finish. Because, let me finish. The, we've already seen the athletic ability. We've seen just a half of leadership. I mean, who was rallying? It was Tua. So now we've seen... Mike, Mike Evans sit there and said, man, hey, Johnny Manziel had me. When it all costs, I can throw it up. I'm going to get it. And Johnny Manziel used that t- ticket a lot. Yeah, he can run. He, he can run. But he used that ticket a lot. When it all fell, he chuck it up. Mike Evans catching the ball. There's nobody on the Alabama team could do that. He's throwing pinpoint accurate dimes. He threw the same. He reenacted the play through in the national championship. That's true. At the end of that damn game. But he I, only did it in 15 passes. And I we called count, him Heisman favorite. I counter I that. Favorite before he threw a pass. I counter that with this. Yes, Johnny Football used that Mike Evans ticket a lot. Yes, he did. But in his defense, he did not have a run game to lean on as Tua does. Facts. Tua has running backs for days behind him. He does not have to run the ball as much as Johnny Football did. With Bama, if they get into a crucial down, they can turn around and hand it off to their back. If Texas A&M got into a crucial down, it was read option Johnny Football, design run for Johnny Football, Johnny Football drop back and pass, let me make something happen with my legs or make something happen, period. That's a good point. Tua doesn't have that much pressure on him, as much as Johnny Football did. So I I, 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 I give Johnny Football the edge. But that's not to say that Tua won't end up being a better quarterback than Johnny Football, which... It's high praise for me because I think Johnny Football is one of the greatest college football players we've seen. When I say Tua reminds me of Johnny, I'm talking about the, oh, my God, how did he do that shit Yes, moment. yes. Well, That's what I was talking about. I'm, I grew up in the time. Well, you know, okay, whenever Ish, Ish just now said this, he said he said that Johnny Menzel was probably one of the, the, the greatest college football players he's ever seen. And I, I don't mean that of all time. Right, I right. mean that I've seen because, you know, right. have, out of our era. And, and that's what I was pointing out. It's like, you know, <laughs> I've seen some quarterbacks, but it's just, you know, he's great. Johnny Manziel's great. To, to attack of a love, man, I, I, I've never seen, like, a spry, spunky, like, left-handed quarterback since Michael Vick, man. And, and it's just like he's not like Vick. Vick was like a video game controller as far as running. 
Tua has got that, like, like he's Russell Wilson. But what I like about And he's got the passing. Like, he's accurate. And yeah, he's with, a with very accurate passes, passer, especially for his passes. age. I could bring out, like, you know, accurate quarterback Sam Bradford can throw accurate passes to lollipops. Mm-hmm. Tua attack will throw him. And he missiles. will throw it deep, too. Yes. That's the thing I like about Tua Man, is that, that he is not afraid scary. to go up top. And the thing Will about Perry. is when Tua goes up top, Nine times out of ten, you can you can make sure that's you, you know it's a catch. It's, it's a catch Damn. because he's putting it where it needs to be, and he's got the speedsters at Alabama to where he can right. let it go, let it exactly. fly, and they go run underneath it. We saw it a lot of times, but let's touch into something else. We've talked a lot about Tua. Mm-hmm. So, Sauce, most impressive player you saw this weekend? Oh man, other than you know what we was talking about, I I put him at my offensive player of the week was uh, Will Greer. And uh, with him, you know saying, playing an SEC team that kind of gets the, oh, they're trash. Or, they're, you know, Tennessee's not good. Uh, they're an SEC defense nonetheless. They're a, a lot better than people give them credit right. for. I'll yeah. say that. Will Greer went out there and threw 25 passes completed on 34 passes attempted. And he threw 490-some yards, and people just not even talking about it. That's because five all, touchdowns. We expected that out of Real, Will Greer this year. Even though you did. expected it happens, man. I mean, that is something. I mean, like, because Dwayne Haskins, because what we talking about Dwayne Haskins, I have him right underneath fair because of, of top performer. That was like 1A, 1B, damn near. But it's like Will Greer, Haskins, I took two attack of a lower, but I got to give some to uh, uh, um, Tremont uh, Williams from uh, – Texas A&M too. Oh, yeah, he Lincoln's. lost his mind. Definitely, Sam. Most impressive player you saw this week? Two. Of them. <laughs> 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 like I, he he just was. I don't know, man. Oh, shout He's out to Nick to Bosa too. He was special to me. Yeah, but the reason why, like I said, I I watched the WVU game and I was loving Will Grist's performance as well. You I mean y'all was with me? Really? Well, you, yeah. So I mean, but I just I expected it, so it didn't blow me away like like Tua and Haskins did, because like, I didn't expect them to be. Well, I did. I kind of did expect. Yeah, I was Tua about to too. say because you said I kind of yeah, didn't expect yeah, Tua yeah, too. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess because I saw it from out of uh, Will Greer all last year that it just didn't surprise me that he did it or something. Well, taking the injury that he had too, and you know, saying to get back. And him, you know, not having to say at the end of the game, oh, bad start, you know, rusty or whatever the case, he can say, he can say, I went out there and I just threw a gym. <laughs> threw a gym. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I definitely agree with both of you guys. And <coughs> I feel as if Tua may have been most impressive to me. Uh, but, me being a Buckeye, it's hard for me not to go with Dwayne Haskins. Granted, Dwayne Haskins um, has a phenomenal defense yeah, on the opposite side of him uh, at Ohio State. So anything he did wrong or any time that Oregon State may have felt like they had a chance to get back into the game, that Ohio State defense Gosh. slammed the door every time. And Nick Bosa, oh, my goodness. Not only is he looking – like his brother he's looking a little better at this point there were so many plays where he came to the line and did what he wanted to he didn't a lot of times when you see a defensive lineman 
they dictate their moves off of the way that the offensive lineman is either set up mm-hmm. or the way the offensive lineman drops back to uh, block. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa came to the line every time and did what he wanted to do. As soon as the ball was snapped, he, there was no time for him to figure out what the offensive player was going to do. Right. The offensive player tried to figure out what he was going to do. There were a lot of times where he came, jabbed outside, spun inside. He's at the quarterback. Like, it it was phenomenal. It's everything you want to see in a defensive player. There's a reason why this guy is project, projected to be one of the top players in the draft this upcoming year. But I guess for my most impressive, it would definitely either be Tua, um, Dwayne Haskins, Nick Bosa, but another guy I want to throw in there is Brosette from LSU. He looks special. I got another guy I want to throw in there, too. Who's that? Wimbush. Oh, yeah. Wimbush. Notre Dame. He put in work this summer. He came back. He didn't complete as as many passes as you still would like your quarterback to complete, but the passes he were completing, they were so much more accurate than ever thrower. He was so much more of an accurate thrower than he was last year. I last agree. year, he was literally a running quarterback. I agree. Now, he actually, you will have to worry about him throwing the football sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I, I Two more players I want to throw out there, but one that, you know what I'm saying, is a, a tandem. It's going to be a hell of a tandem if it works out. That if I, I said on my post on my Facebook that you know, you never know with Stanford, but KJ Costello mm-hmm. and JJ Arcega Whiteside. Yes. Three man. Uh, Arcega Whiteside. Oh Jesus. my gosh! Like Sauce said on his post, Randy Moss numbers. Yeah. He looked a lot like Moss yeah. as far as his catches to touchdown ratio. Yeah, it was like three catches, two hundred yards, and three, three t- six catches, two hundred yards, yeah, three six, touchdowns. Exactly. It was like I'm going to go over the sideline now. I'm done. Whenever <laughs> they threw him the ball, it was either a big play or a touchdown. Period. Yeah, That's player. a fact. But let's switch gears a little bit. Did you have one more player you want to add? Or oh, was that, both that of the guys? K, yeah, KJ. All right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's touch on the NFL a little bit. As y'all know, this is opening week, so it's Ooh. pretty exciting. I'm excited for that. But um, some teams may not be as excited as they should be, one being the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why is Pittsburgh not paying, paying Le'Veon his money? What is the issue here that – Either of you guys have an answer for this, Sam? Do you? What's going on in Pittsburgh? I think they try and be slick. You know how they do these running backs in the league. You come in, you come on your rookie deal. They use you through that. Then if you're nice, they franchise tag you a couple times. Then when you're looking for your big payday, they're gonna try franchise tag you again or be like, um, "You almost thirty now, so we're not paying you no big contract." Yeah, that's that's that's, that's about where he like. at. So I don't blame him at all for I, if I was him, I'm not stepping on the field till you pay me. Yeah, my, my my thing. I feel different with him than I do with Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald played for my boys for one, yeah. and for two, it's a different position. Yeah, and they, I don't feel like they they don't do every position the way they do running backs. The, yeah. the way they do running backs is ridiculous, man. Le'Veon should have been paid. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100. percent Sauce, what's your take on this? Man, I, I'm piggybacking off of Sam on his last statement because that's that was that was been my whole case. Like when I started doing uh, NFL, you know, what I'm saying when I started covering the NFL, it's like running backs should get paid top dollar when they come in the league. They got the most juice. They're young. They're ready to run through the hole. And they got the shortest. And they shelf got the, life. they got the shortest shelf life. So when you get a Saquon Barkley or you get a Ezekiel Elliott or you get an Adrian Peterson in the draft, you sitting there seeing how freaking freakish type of running back this player. You know, you've seen it. We can see it in the combine. You can see it in college football. Give him the money. If you're going to give Sam Bradford 
you know, go to his rookie contract. I know they changed the rule with, uh, with the uh, collective bargain agreement. They changed the rule for first picks of the draft or they were the first three picks, you know, how the money changes. Mm-mm. But most of them are quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and they get paid. And some of them are like Cutler. Some of them are – some people are like uh, Brady Quinn, yeah. who you don't know if he can hit a 20-yard uh, post route. But you know damn well Adrian Peterson going to hit 15 yards on that run and then next get it again and do it again. So why not give these guys a nice signing bonus? You don't have to give them a monster contract. Give these running backs something now because then you're going to have a lot of Le'Veon Bells holding out right now, and that's why I respect his holdout. That's a fact. That's a fact. I, I want to chime in at this particular point because you made a great point. A lot of positions are different. Like in the NFL, you have running backs who do have the lowest, uh, the shortest shelf life. So with that being the case, like you said, a signing bonus at the draft from the moment they sign their rookie contract would alleviate any issues that they're having now. For the simple fact that you see how impactful a running back can be to a roster, a rookie running back at that. You look at a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. He steps into a situation at the Dallas Cowboys, a team that's barely keeping their head above water. They're struggling to make the playoffs. They're not doing what they need to do. You plug in Ezekiel Elliott in his rookie year, what do the Cowboys do? 13-3 and three because they can lean on a running back like Ezekiel Elliott. Pittsburgh, for instance, they have one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL you also have the best running back in the NFL. You have an aging quarterback. These are two vital keys to making that quarterback look a lot better than what he is yep. and extending his career more. Doesn't make sense to me that Le'Veon's not being paid. If this was A.B., I guarantee he'd get his money. Mm-hmm. I bet you he would because yeah. there's not a doubt that he's going to go out there and perform. Same with Le'Veon. He's performed in every aspect that you want him to. Running the ball, catching the ball. He does it all. He is the best running back in the NFL. There's no reason why he shouldn't be paid right now. There's no reason they should be going through this, oh, well, he didn't come and join, and they're trying to make it seem like he's in the wrong. For not joining his team. When in all actuality, his team is letting him down by not paying him that money. Sam made a great point when he said they treat running backs terribly. I'll go a step further and say they treat running backs worse than they treat any other position in the NFL. Yeah, that's a fact. Tight end position gets gets a little better treatment than running back. Very, (laughs) yeah, it's very slim. I'll go tight ends next, but that running back position is ridiculous to me. And every time this happens to a running back, it takes me back to Maurice Claret. Mm -hmm. Every time. A lot of people called Maurice Maurice Claret crazy for what he was doing and challenging um, college for for trying to go to the NFL sooner. Mm -hmm. But when you read those documents that he had, when it came down to them going to court, he broke it down. By the age of this, this is what will happen. By the age of this, this is what will happen. If you step me back, if you step me back an extra year from being able to go to the NFL, then now these are the type of situations that you get. Mm-hmm. You get situations like teams saying, oh, well, he's about 30 now. Exactly. We're not going to pay. After you didn't gave him seven, eight strong years, and now you've you didn't let them franchise tag you three times or two times or whatever. And now you finally think you're going to get your payday in and they hit you with the, uh, yeah. Yeah. the running back usually ain't that good after 30. I don't, 
Everybody's not Adrian Peterson. Exactly. And you see a guy like DeMarco Murray, who was, what, three years removed from being the league, four years removed from being the league's NFL rusher, Mm -hmm. the rushing leader. Now he's retired. Can't can't get a job. Exactly. And it's just ridiculous to me. Like, that doesn't make very much sense. Um, Le'Veon, we're definitely in your corner. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Uh, Keep trying to fight for that money. No question. Because you know what? This the one thing about Le'Veon Bell that I do respect the most is, is that, like, he, like, y'all want me to be the, the one y'all want to be, like, oh, he's changing the game of running backs. He's so patient. He has behind the blocks, and he goes, and he preserves, and all. he goes down, and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I hear what the commentators say, analysts and everybody. They mm-hmm. praise this guy. So why are we treating him like he's over the hill? Like, y'all still, like, he's Le'Veon Bell. He's still, he's. Nah, we'll pay him like that. Exactly. Easy as that, man, because there's running backs in the league. LaShady McCoy, who is 32 years old, am I correct? Mm -hmm. And he's still getting it done at Mm -hmm. 1,000 yards last year. Oh, he he came close to it. He got hurt. This was what, like, he had 1,000 yards the year before. He was 31. And he's turning around into another starting running back role where he's looking to be everything that they need him to be. You don't see them looking to go get another running back as old as he is. Frank Gore, who tore his knees up in college. It's just a way for him to get a discount. Exactly. For them to not have to pay you the big bucks. That's why I say tight ends because you got some tight ends that would be, you know, just as good as some wide receivers. And they're like, huh, we get to pay you like a tight end. And you're like, dang, man! Like, I, you're not gonna pay me like AJ or or Antonio or or you know what I'm saying or, or or Odell and those guys. You're not gonna pay me like those. Nope, you're get paid like tight end running backs. You catching the ball now? You're blocking, catching, running. You're I bl- agree. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. But let's switch gears right here for a second, fellas. So, um, let's try to get to something that's, I guess, a little. A little happier as far as the NFL is concerned. Don't want to look like we're bashing it since it is opening week. Who are you guys most excited to see in week one, whether it be a player or a team? We'll start with you, Sam. I'm ready to see my Rams, and I'm ready to see Sam Sam Darnold. (laughs) Flat out. I cannot wait to see what my dog about to do. He about to go crazy. That's why I scooped him up in my fantasy team. Mm. Yeah. I might start him against Sauce this week. <laughs> ah! Sauce, who's who's somebody that you're most uh, most excited to see? Man, I'm I'm wanting to see uh, Corey Saquon Barkley as an individual. I'm I'm wanting to see as my I want to see my Buccaneers. I want to see my defensive line. I want to see Vinny Curry, JPP. You know, go with uh, uh, Mr. McCoy because he's been we're needing that help. And I hope Vita Vega gets to play, but it's not looking good. So I want to see that defensive line like really. Do what they're supposed to do. We don't got Jameis Winston. Uh, he's a dumbass. Excuse me. <laughs> you know, so I have to say that. But, you know, I, I've been defending him and everything, but I got to call him a dumbass. But it's it's looking like Deshaun Jackson is bought in. You know, Mike Evans is, you know, is ready to go. I'm waiting to see big things from O.J. Howard. So, Tampa Bay, Saquon Barkley, and the Cleveland Browns because that yeah. is a team that I think everybody should be wanting to see week one. I got them on my list. I agree, yeah. That's definitely who I wanted to start with. I definitely want to see Cleveland. Um, I guess we're all in the same boat as wanting to see our own teams because I'm anxious to see the Cowboys. But here's something that I'm going to say about the Cowboys that I don't think a lot of people are um, thinking about the Cowboys. Of course, when you think of the Cowboys, you think Ezekiel Elliott. You think Dak Prescott now has receivers that benefit him. He has guys that he can dump it off too quick. But 
the thing I'm anxious to see this year is the Dallas Cowboy defense. A lot, I don't think a lot of people are going to give them the credit that they need, but if you've watched the Dallas Cowboys, um, whether it be these last couple preseason games where the starters get a lot more run, or even dating back to last year, they had Demarcus Lawrence, which was he terrorized quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you remember the year before last year, they had David Irving. Yeah. He terrorized quarterbacks. You get both of those guys this year. You also throw in a Randy Gregory, who is no longer suspended. He can come in and play now. You also have a Tyrone Crawford. That front line is going to be special. And I don't think a lot of people are going to give them the credit that they need until they see it. But you heard it here first. The Dallas Cowboys, or excuse me, defensive line, it's nothing to be played with this year. The offensive line gets a lot of credit for the guys that they have, but that defensive line is going to steal the show a lot this year. So I'm anxious to see them. As I said, the Cleveland Browns, and as bad as I don't want to say it, the guy I'm most excited to see is Sam Darnold too, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's going to be extremely special for the Jets. But one more player I'll definitely say is Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. He's got New England in the first game of the season this year. I'm anxious yeah. to see if he can bounce back and pick up where he left off. He almost or, beat New England last year. Yeah. And I want I want him to be able to pick up where he left off. But we've seen time and time again, quarterbacks come in riding high off of that first good season, and then they hit that sophomore slump. Yep. So... I'm anxious to see how that's going to work out, but ain't no slump in Carson Wentz. I tell you that for an injury, I tell you that. Yeah, you want to talk about sophomore slumps? It whizzed by Carson Wentz. It definitely did. He definitely looks looked stellar. And go. That's another. <laughs> that's another. That's another. Yeah, uh, another right, thing right. I want to touch on yeah. as well is Jeff Fisher. That that thing that's going on in Philly. They're starting Nick Foles because Wentz isn't quite ready yet to be that Ooh, guy. He ready. They just do you cautious. think yeah. that that's going to cause issues moving forward? Nah, because nah. Nick Foles is an extremely solid backup, but we saw last year what he's capable of as a starter. Mm-hmm. So let's say Nick Foles picks up where he left off last year, but doesn't like doesn't have much of a drop off. How do you make a quarterback that's successful? move back to that backup role without any type of backlash or turmoil happening to your team. By having somebody in front of him like Carson Wentz where it makes it easy, he's clearly better. Yeah. Yeah. And he's definitely going to be the guy in the future, so why would you snatch his job? Yeah, yeah but then you get a guy like Nick Foles who now feels yeah, like maybe I can large, start. No, we got a large body of work on Nick Foles, man. He, yeah. <laughs> he has to have a a perfect situation, situation. for him to ball. It, I agree. It, it has to be perfect for him. He can he can do it. We've seen it. But the situations were perfect for him. That's perfect, the only way. He's got a perfect situation this year. Yeah. I give it week six. No, it ain't gonna be no. that long. No, because no, it's gonna I'm, be week two. No, what I'm saying, I give it week six. Give it week six. Trade deadline is week eight. Oh, you talking about you give it week him. six? Once they see Carson Wentz is fully able and everything like that, yeah, they're going to find a nice little team to move him to. Yeah. And then it could be a team that wouldn't Somebody might need a backup. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, a starter after, after they yeah. uh, started get exactly. hurt or something. That's a fact. I like yeah. that. I like that. So, fellas, Super Bowl favorites. Mm-mm. Sam, who you got going to the Super Bowl this year? 
Well, I got um a rematch of Spygate. Oh my gosh. We started I just looked at your paper. <laughs> I just saw it. They, oh my hey, listen, gosh. They, the Patriots started this whole damn run cheating us in the Super Bowl after we beat the Titans. They started this whole damn thing cheating us in the Super Bowl, and I tell you right now, we're gonna end it this year. And they wearing no uniforms. Yep, they are. We're gonna end it this year in the Super Bowl. We beating the Patriots, and they're not going back again. Not under Tom Brady. They might go back, but Tom Brady ain't going back to the Super Bowl after this year. Oh man, soft Super Bowl teams. Who you got in the Super Bowl? I'm gonna look at Sam for a minute because he won Spygate too. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, he won Spygate hey. too. I, I told him the other day they they started this whole thing cheating us. My my Super Bowl, man, honestly, like this is what I see. I'm seeing Don't laugh at me. You bet don't don't laugh at me. You better I'm, not. Say, you better honestly, not. I'm gonna say this right now. <laughs> Green Bay Packers. I'm just listen. I, I thought you was gonna say Tampa. Bay. I did oh, too. Oh my god! So, so I'm cool with that. Aaron quarterback and dumbass. I ain't got nothing to say. You just paid with the best quarterback in NFL football, the top money, and you gave him Jimmy Graham. Which I'm not saying you gave him a 99 tight end or nothing like that. I'm saying you gave him something just like a Jared Cook, mm-hmm. but better. So you got Devontae Adams is all the way to go. <laughs> You move Jordy Nelson, there's no, He's you know. He's ready to step in. He's ready to be that guy. Exactly. I seriously think the run game can be managed if, you know what I'm saying, if Ty Montgomery do what he do and just be an extended handoff guy. If the way the season can go, I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers is going to be great. He's not going to get hurt. Knock on wood, whatever. I'm looking at Packers, and then I'm looking at the Patriots. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, because there's no team in the AFC who really going to challenge them. That's, that's going to challenge them when it comes down to third downs, fourth downs, and stuff like that. There's always a team that, that on defensively, offensively. If you look at Blake Bortles' pass to over top of Leonard Fournette or the defensively side to where you couldn't stop Tom Brady on third and 15, you know, third and 15. Well, I, I think their <laughs> issue is going to be is uh, Bortles, bro. Yeah. He played good in the yeah, playoffs yeah, last year, yeah, but it's not going to happen he again, ran the man. football. He on little third and fives, fourth and threes, he ran the ball. When he came in and throw it, couldn't do it. Ben Roethlisberger, couldn't do it. I actually, Charged. as far as my Super Bowl is concerned, mm-hmm. I actually have the exact same teams that Sauce has in the Super Bowl. But my situation varies a little bit. Coming into the season prior to injuries and things of that nature – I actually had Green Bay and Jacksonville. But after Marquise Lee went down, mm. that ruined everything for me. I, you can throw that away. They'll still have a good season, but they won't make it that, as far as they're, as I had them going with Marquise Lee. Another scenario I had, if Le'Veon Bell gets paid his money, I have Green Bay and Pittsburgh in a championship. This will be Big Ben's last hurrah. He won't win. I have Aaron Rodgers winning. Uh, as just like it, just like he did when he won his first Super Bowl, but my my solidified pick is Green Bay, New England, yeah. and I said that this was going to happen last year, but it's looking more like this is going to be the year. Yeah. This will be the passing of the torch. Yeah. Everybody already has 
Oh, a lot of people already have Aaron Rodgers solidified as that guy, me included. He's the best quarterback in the NFL, bar none. But those people in Patriot land all still ride high on Mr. Tom. Mr. I understand that you have loyalty to that guy. But the thing with that is Tom Brady this year is actually going to be in a situation to where he's going to have to do everything that they need him to do. And I don't think that Tom's going to be able to do that on a consistent basis this year. And I think what happens is that defense carries them pretty far, gets them there, and Aaron Rodgers shows on the big stage why he's the best quarterback in the league. But that's my pick. So before we get out of here, fellas, pick them. Got a few games. We'll shoot at you real quick. Sauce, USC Stanford, who you got? Going with uh, real quick, I can't. I mean, I just talked about the tandem. I gotta go with KJ and uh, and JJ. Sam, I'm going Stanford. Okay, we got Stanford for sauce. Sam, USC, Stanford. We know you're gonna pick a Trojan. Damn right. <laughs> USC. Uh, me, I got Stanford. I have Stanford in a close game. That's what I'm and taking. I'm mad Sam over here giving Arthur fist over here. By the way, I'm just giving an <laughs> illustration. I feel threatened. No. I'm. I'm uh, I'm still on the fence about my pick. I guess since I have to make a pick right now, I'm going to go Stanford. But my gut is telling me go USC. Yes, because that, that freshman duo, that quarterback and receiver, quarterback JT Daniels, wide receiver St. Brown, whoo, and they went to high school together, so they already got three, four years of chemistry. Thing, thing that's scaring me most is that USC struggled to pull away and put it up on UNLV as I expected they them to. to be, UNLV is supposed to be a top team in their conference this year, though. They're that's cool and games. all. But we blew them out, but they, they, they hung around. They hung around. Got a freshman quarterback. Yeah, but that freshman quarterback. You know the playbook ain't opened up. San, it's all good. San, I ain't tripping. San Diego State's a better team than UNLV. I, I, I won't be. argue that. I won't argue that at all. But I'm going to go. Ah, I'm going USC. I'm going USC. For the simple fact that I like their running game. I like it a lot. And I love me some Bryce Love. As I said last episode, he's my Heisman. Matter of fact, no. Scratch that. I'm going with my first, I'm going with my first, my first choice. I'm going Stanford because Bryce Love has his bounce back game this week. And he goes bonkers. It's not... So much about the quarterback and receiver tandem that Sauce is speaking about. It's going to be all about Bryce Love, and he's going to show why this week. He gets back to being that Heisman favorite. But next game, Sauce, let's switch gears. NFL, Philly, Atlanta. Who you got in that one? Rematch of the Super Bowl. Or excuse me, not the Super Bowl. No, 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 the first round. The uh, two teams that went to the Super Bowl out of that conference last two yeah, years. Yeah, they played in the first round. The second yeah. round, I believe. Um, I, you know, in the second round, it was a close game. You know what I'm saying? You could have, you know, but Eagles were so much better. But I I just think they got so much talent and it's so, the chemistry's there. I just don't see Matt Ryan going week one beating uh, beating the Eagles. And I know somebody will say that I'm hating or whatever like that. But all I'm trying to say is that the Eagles are well put together to go in there and make a game plan to stop Tevin Coleman and Freeman. And, you know, if you're not going to, if, if Julio Jones has to do what Julio Jones do, he had three touchdowns last year. So, you know, in the games that they lost, especially in the playoffs, he has to be the one to get in the end zone and not the one chunking up yards. Let Sanu do that. Get that man in the end zone. Make them be like, okay, run game gets better, then they can possibly win. 
that's a close game because you know we 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 talking about wins and foes. I'm just thinking the Eagles gonna win that one. All right, Sam, Philly, Atlanta. I got Philly as well. I got Atlanta. Uh, Sauce, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Cleveland. I got Pittsburgh. I got Cleveland. For the simple fact that Pittsburgh's got a lot going on there with Le'Veon, mm-hmm. I think that's gonna linger into the game. Yep. Houston, New England. New England. New England. I want to take Houston just for the simple fact of what New England did in the opener last year, but I can't New see England. Belichick having a team do that twice. Belichick not back losing to, back. to a rookie in week one. Not. I can't. I mean, see not it. a rookie, but a young quarterback in week yeah. one. It's not happening. Yeah. They already got a game plan ready for them. I'm going New England as well. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Sauce. Oh, man, I'm going New Orleans. Ooh, I, I bet that hurt. No, I mean, I'm being dead ass, man. Like, I, I look, feel you, though. Look, I'm just being real. I mean, you know, defensively and offensively, you know, they, they, they I mean, we got a good line. I mean, we get pressure on Drew Brees. Anything can happen, but I'm just going to be smart and say Alvin Kamara is going to love the fact that Vita Vey is not playing. You about where I was about two or three years ago. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, my Rams just now got back. So right. I'm, I'm not here. Y'all making smart moves. Really yeah, yeah, get out of here, man. We ain't did nothing, but it feel like we have. Hey, we get, hey, winning three or four games a couple years gonna ago. We keep more draft picks. <laughs> Sam, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. They got New Orleans. I got New Orleans by a landslide. Dallas, Carolina. Sauce, who you got? I got Carolina because Cam Newton's my favorite football player in the NFL. I got Carolina as well. Just come on now. Y'all know who I got. Dallas, Cowboys. Yeah. Rams, Oakland. Sauce, who you got? Man, I, I mean, you know, John Gruden is my homie. He got us a ring. He, 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 he you know, he's looking like he's got a mission in Oakland. But, you know, Sue, Donald, Peters, Tlaib. I keep saying names, but I'm picking the Rams. Yeah. We get to finally see this defense lock something up. I got the Rams, of course. I got the Rams as well. Another situation as the team has issues lingering over into game one. They're really going to see how valuable Khalil Mack was. Yeah, and also, Oakland, they're just not together right now. Everybody's pissed and disappointed that Khalil Mack got traded. Even even Carr said we lost our brother. Yeah. Like yeah. those guys are hurt over that situation, yeah, yeah. so That's it's gonna fact. be interesting to see how that whole situation plays out. Cause their fallback plans in jail. Cause you see how the Seahawks, how they lost faith in their staff, and now they ain't really been the same since since Pete Carroll threw the ball in that Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, I think this is a situation to where the coaching staff is able to ring something together just for the simple fact that it is John Gruden. But like you said, they just lost the best player on their team. And not only that, their offense is also going to have to go through some changes with making Amari Cooper number one receiver and Jordy Nelson being two. This is a guy you're throwing in there that he's been established, but he's also had Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have Aaron Rodgers now. He has Derek Carr, and he's going to have to make some plays that Aaron Rodgers, that he's used to Aaron Rodgers making as far as Jordy Nelson. He's not going to have the the luxury of running around on the ball being exactly where it's going to be. He's going to have to adjust sometimes, and I think that that in itself is enough to hold them back. Not to mention they got Marshawn Lynch in the backfield, and I, I'm Marshawn Lynch is getting up there. Last year he didn't do enough for me, so that was pretty much it. But that's pretty much it for our episode. Sauce. Before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you, man. Let them know where they can find your podcast and whatnot. Find you on your social medias. Soft Straight Talk Show. 
uh, Anchor FM. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, where I, you know, I post, you know, a little. I, I post all the time on Instagram, uh, Saw Straight Talk Show. You can find me on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Justin Austin. Um, but you know, uh, you can look at all platforms: Spotify, iTunes, you know, the Google, you know, radio, all those. Uh, Saw Straight Talk Show. You can find that. The sauce is in S O S S. That's right. S O S S. Not not like your hot sauce. Sauce. S O S S. Straight talk. Follow the hashtag. You'll find him on any social media. Sam, you got anything to say to the people before we get out of here? Nah, just watch my Trojans, watch my Rams, baby. Oh my gosh. Well, Sam gonna plug his team in. I ain't gonna say much about my Buckeyes. Y'all saw what we how we gets down, how we're going to get down. But Watch them Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott is back, and he's going to show why he's the second best running back in the league. Yeah, I said it. He's better than Todd Gurley. Quote me. I want. I want to say. I want to say two things. I want to say, watch out for the comeback of my Hurricanes. No. Oh, um, and I mean that's funny. I mean I know, but I'm telling you, watch out for the comeback of my Hurricanes. And uh, you know, I'm gonna say, let's go Lakers. Ooh, saucy, I can get with you on that. I'm a Laker fan as well, but uh, that pretty much does it for this episode. Pick and Roll Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We out.